0: As the Orange hold off the defending national champions, they beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna boy McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle! He's inside the ten, cuts to the left, into the end zone! Buffalo wins! Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. radio 97.7 141 espn radio Utah rome what's up mohawk valley great to have you on board today you can listen online you can listen on the espn app take us with you wherever you go except the bathroom that's kind of gross You can participate in the radio program. Listening is great, but we want you to participate. Be the kid that raises his hand and says, I want to participate. Here's how you do that. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brentax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. Any way you want to participate in the program, those are three great ways to do it. We have two guests that will join us today to talk March Madness, college basketball, a little spring football as well from one of our guests. And, of course, whenever we have on one, Michael McAllister, we always got to check in on the Cruton Department, see how things are going on the football and basketball fronts there. So, yes, Mike McAllister, next hour on all of those things. We will also talk to Jason Horowitz today. Jason, a Syracuse grad, he is one of the anchors on Westwood One's college basketball coverage of the NCAA tournament, which you will hear right here exclusively on ESPN Radio Syracuse. So programming note, we will not be here Thursday or Friday because we will be in full throat deep inside. You know it. March Madness, baby. Let's go. Get those brackets ready. I am not very happy, by the way, with Jason Murray my sports manager at Syracuse.com. I'm just going to say it right off the top because he made me fill out a bracket today. He's messing with my whole system. So I had to fill out a bracket today. That's the bracket you will see. Whether or not that will be the bracket I hand in officially is a different question, which will make me break my sheet of integrity rules. I am of the Mike Greenberg belief. One sheet, you can participate in different NCAA pools. But it's got to be the same bracket in each one. Murray's messing with my system. Maybe it will result in me winning the pool because he broke my pattern, but I was not happy about that. So I have here in front of me a completed bracket, but that is tentative because I have every right to change this by the time Thursday at 11.59 rolls in, and it's got to be official. So there's that bracket. Then there's our bracket. If you go to ESPNSyracus.com, We have a bracket challenge for you, and you want to do this, okay? I mean, you're doing, like, five different pools anyway, so you might as well sign up and do this. Let's see if I can read Goldberg's Chicken Scratch here. Amongst the prizes in our bracket challenge, the winner takes all, by the way, okay? You have Syracuse tickets, dinner at Tully's. We've got crunch tickets. We've got dinner certificates to Atilio's and Eleven Waters, the terrific restaurant right at the Marriott Downtown Syracuse. We've got tickets to the Syracuse Stage. You want to play golf? we got 50 bucks at Tanner Valley. Great course. How about a two-night stay, 4-2, at Bonnie Castle Resort and Marina in Alex Bay? Nice to think about summertime. Nice to think about something to do with your sweetie when the weather gets better and you head up to Alex Bay in the spring and in the summer. How about some football tickets, some basketball tickets. I mean, that is all in this prize pack. Winner take all. So go to ESPNSyracuse.com, fill it out, and good luck to you. All right, let's talk some brackets. Let's talk some cues. Let's talk to you. Let's talk to our guests coming up. Hot takes and the usual hijinks and tomfoolery to come here. Now, we discussed this on the show yesterday. Now that things have settled down a bit and the Doug Gottliebs of the world have gotten it out of their system, Syracuse fans have gotten it out of their system about whether they're in or out, who should be in, who should be out. Everybody kind of yelled and screamed and feels better about that today. We know who's in, we know who's out, the dust settles. Now let's look at some matchups, and let's look at how deep Syracuse can go in this thing. Arizona State is a very interesting team in that I don't think they present a huge challenge to Syracuse on the surface, I think matchup-wise, Syracuse has a lot of advantages. I think that, you know, you look at a team that's stumbled into March Madness. This is the shouldn't-be-there bowl, which is typically what the playing game is anyway. There's some flaw in your resume that sent you here, that sent you to Dayton, that sent you to, well, we're not quite sure after 33 games if you're good enough to be in, so you're going to play in this game. So we really make sure. It's like you're getting the double TSA check, somebody at TSA pulls you aside, you don't go into the back room. They just kind of have to wand you over one more time. Okay, you're good. You can go ahead, right? Arizona State is a team. Now, I will say this about Mr. Gottlieb, who gave us this insight on my podcast, okay, after you know we went back and forth on Syracuse and Oklahoma State and, well, how wrong he was about that. And that's the thing. No matter what, Syracuse has the upper hand this time because they're in. His team's out and, you know, na-na-na-na-boo-boo. But one thing he did say is very interesting about Arizona State. They are a team that's going to throw a lot of small guards at you. And they're just going to jack up threes. Syracuse has a distinct advantage inside. Now, that is on paper. That is if Pascal Chukwu has a good Pascal Chukwu game. That is if Merrick Dolzai can get those open shots and be willing to take those open shots and, of course, hit some of those open shots. Now, we found out today, some of you actually brought this up on the show yesterday, about Frank Howard. Frank Howard was not at the selection show gathering. We didn't see him in that euphoric video of that team celebrating. And the reason for that is, as noted today from lovely Dayton, Ohio, he has strep throat. So he's been out for the count, slept all day, Sunday, all day, Monday as one tends to do with strep throat. He's recovering. He seems to be okay. He's practicing, and he's got until tomorrow night at about nine ten when that game tips off to be as 100% as he can. But that's news you don't want to hear because it just adds to what has been the central storyline of this team. No matter how many twists and turns and exits off the highway this Syracuse basketball season has taken, it always centers back to when you hit the cruise control button, it is what? Depth, injuries, dealing with Barama's got this and Pascal's got that and Matthew Moyer's got this and Frank and Tyus and O'Shea are playing all these minutes, and now it's not an injury, it's an illness. But for a team that needs fresh, healthy bodies and as many as possible to hear that he has strep throat, that can do just enough to take you off your game. Now, I'm sure he's doing everything possible. All, you know, every doctor will tell you fluids and antibiotics and all that stuff, and it's, he's getting treated. But it's just something to note because he plays 40 minutes a game. And when you've anybody that's been sick, it, thankfully, it's not the flu because the flu just drains you. Strep throats. No, uh, you know, it's not a, a walk in the park either. But certainly it's something you can recover from quickly enough to play in a basketball game. Whereas if he had the flu Sunday and Monday, uh, it just knocks you right out and drains you, drains you of energy. And he's a guy that you need out there playing 40 minutes. So just something to note to keep an eye on. He's also, what, 22 years old and in the best shape of his life, and people like that tend to get over these illnesses quicker. I'm not a doctor, but just something to know. So Arizona State, from what I have seen, and I have not seen them as as much as others, but from what I have seen and been able to gather and and looking at them, this is, to me, going to feel like the Boston College game. If Syracuse isn't in on shooters and they're not chasing down ball movement, and they're giving Arizona State open shots, and they start hitting shots and getting a little momentum, does Syracuse have the offensive game to get back in it? So, you know, look, this is why Tyus Battle is important, why Frank Howard is important. The old adage, this time of the year, and there's a reason it's a cliche or a thing or what we always, a talking point is probably the best way to put it. You need great guard play to succeed in March. I keep coming back to O'Shea Brissett, though. I think O'Shea Brissett is an X factor, particularly in this game, that Arizona State can't guard, that Arizona State doesn't have. And I think he can have a big, big game tomorrow. But it all depends on a number of things. How he's feeling, is he getting open shots, is he settling for threes, or is he challenging Arizona State defensively? Because one thing that you know about Arizona State, no matter what, is they can flat out score. They can just flat-out score. Not only the three-point shooters, but the pace that they play in. Bobby Hurley loves up-tempo. They can score. You just look up and down their schedule, even though they've lost five of their last six and some games that they even lost. But there are, you know, you're talking like 88-84 type of games. Now, when they played Washington, and Scooter even brought this up to us on the show yesterday, I believe it was Colorado. There was another team on the schedule. It was not popping up immediately in my head here, but also threw a little bit of zone at Arizona State, and they didn't handle it well. I think this is clearly going to be a Syracuse crowd in Dayton, given the number of Syracuse fans that will travel, because it's you know from Syracuse to Dayton a little bit of an easier trip than it is from Phoenix or Tempe to Dayton, Ohio. There's a lot of Syracuse fans in that general area. I've already seen a bunch on social media, and people have been getting in touch with me. Hey, uh, you know, I'm from Cleveland, or I'm from Dayton, or I'm from Cincinnati, or, you know, Orange fans are everywhere. They travel. Arizona State doesn't have quite the rabid fan base from sea to shining sea that the Orange do. So I think they're going to have the crowd on their side. I think they've got the X factor in O'Shea. I think that, you know, defensively, They can do enough to put a crimp into what Arizona State does, and if Arizona State's just jacking up shots and missing, then Syracuse can take the tempo and control the game. But we've also seen the backlash of that. We've also seen how that can backfire, and we've seen that recently, right? We've seen that recently in a team that isn't quite North Carolina and Arizona State, but there's enough similarities that if Frank Howard and Tyus Battle are not combining to shoot a decent percentage. You, you, you know, they sunk your battleship before you even start playing. So you can't have one of those nights. It's interesting that things are are popping up about Tyus Battle. I mentioned it on yesterday's show that in ESPN's latest mock draft, he is just outside the first round at number thirty-five. Another scout today who uh, spoke with the Athletic. Saw Seth put this story out there, and I know we wrote about it on Syracuse.com a little bit. Because this is when people really start, uh, you know, scouts pay attention all year. People that do this have been at games and have been tracking this, and you know, I've certainly brought up a few times throughout the season what the scout who knows has been saying about Tyus. But let's face it, the NCAA tournament can be a huge springboard for draft prospects. We know that all too well with Malachi Richardson a couple years ago. It can really take a profile that you. Have noted and are curious about, and it can really send you way up high, or it can make you question what kind of prospect you have here. Johnny Flynn, not the NCAA tournament per se, but postseason play, that six over game, a lot of people said that, you know, that vaulted him much higher in that draft. And the exposure he got from that and and the ensuing postseason play that Syracuse had from that than he would have been. I mean, he got drafted before Steph Curry, for crying out loud. That just goes to show you what hype can do for a player. So Battle, who's already in the conversation but is looking for some sort of separation, at least is being handed the platform to do it, whether he takes advantage of that or not, is going to be the question. What you need is the Tyus Battle who is inspiring those columns to, oh, this is a pretty good NBA player potentially, to be that guy in concert with Frank Howard. And I'm telling you, I think O'Shea Brissett's the key. If Syracuse is going to go to Detroit and they're going to, you know, not have a quick trip to Detroit because where else would you rather be in the middle of March than lovely Detroit, Michigan? I think it's on O'Shea set. I think as much as Tyus has a platform here, O'Shea's got a bigger one. He can really say hello to America here if he has a good stretch run. Say, you want about the playing game in the first four? People watch this stuff. I mean, I think it's gimmicky and ridiculous, and it's, it's, you know, the way that they do it, I think they do it half right. Teams like Arizona State and Syracuse, and I think Bonaventure should be in the real tournament, but we don't need 16 seats here. We need a tournament of teams like, there's enough of them, right? St. Mary's and Syracuse and Notre Dame and Arizona State. Well, they didn't quite make it. Here's your chance to show that you should be there. People watch it. Because they're hungry for hoops this time of the year and they're looking at brackets to try and figure out, okay, am I going to pick Arizona State or Syracuse to beat TCU on Friday night? There's those the the slash on the bracket, right? Well, I got Florida against either St. Bonaventure or UCLA, but you know, you get a little insight before you say, I don't know, man, maybe they can beat Florida. And I'm not going to put them in my Sweet 16. So that is tomorrow night, but we've got games tonight as well. And the gentleman who will be anchoring all the coverage on Westwood one for the first four and the NCAA tournament is going to join us next. He's a Syracuse grad and it's always a pleasure to catch up with him. Jason Horowitz on the block next stay right there. This is on the block with Brent ax. That sure is voice man. It is presented by Burdick Toyota. It is great to have you here. Happy Tuesday. More snow on the way tomorrow. Winter holding on. You know what uh, this is the anniversary of, by the way? The blizzard of 93, 25 years ago. Best memory of that uh, certainly was uh, being a, a young buck jumping off roofs. And it was like the one time your parents just didn't care. Mom, going to jump off the roof because they had a big old snow pile to jump into, 42 inches worth in a single day. The old blizzard of 93. I still have that newspaper, by the way. We're Snow King, right? or Snow Kings, or something like that was the headline. Unbelievable storm. So not quite that tomorrow, thankfully, but uh, more snow on the way. We are not going to get our butts kicked as much as some of the East Coast with this new Nor'easter coming on through, but uh, we're going to be inside watching basketball all weekend anyway. So let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Let's do some hot takes right now. Let's warm this joint up. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot Yes! <laughs> Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the Block. Well, the NFL's pretty busy. The free agent market technically starts tomorrow, but we're in that what is called legal tampering phase where agents can talk to teams and they're kind of putting the framework of deals together. They can't be official until 4 o'clock tomorrow, but, you know, everybody's positioning and putting things into play. So I will by no means cover all of these today. But Kirk Cousins, three-year, $85 million deal. He's heading to the Minnesota Vikings. That will make him the highest-paid player in the National Football League. I should note that is a fully guaranteed contract. Kirk Cousins has pulled off one of the great heists in the history of football. The fact that he just keeps getting $25 million here and $25 million there and franchise tag now to get a fully guaranteed contract, three-year deal. It's Kirk Cousins, okay? He's a good quarterback. He's nowhere near elite, top level, top 10, even top 15 in the National Football League. He's a good, solid QB who's getting paid like he's Tom Brady. It is incredible, and God bless him. This is America, and if you can cash in, you should cash in, right, John Calipari? billion dollars. Not quite that, but at the rate he's going, he might get there. Haloti Nada signs a deal with the Eagles. How about that defensive line now? Just brought in... Uh, Michael Bennett from Seattle, you got Nada there to go along with Chris Long and Fletcher Cox and what they've already got there. Nasty. Sam Bradford is expected to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Drew Brees did end up going back to New Orleans. Two years, $50 million. Sammy Watkins goes to Kansas City. Case Keenum is expected to sign with the Denver Broncos, who also have the fifth overall pick, and probably will still take a quarterback with the fifth overall pick if, say, a team like, oh, I don't know, the Buffalo Bills, don't trade in to swipe that pick. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports reporting today that the Bills are, in fact, actively shopping a trade to get into the top five. Allen Robinson signs with the Bears. Jordy Nelson released by the Green Bay Packers. Why will the Green Bay Packers sign Jimmy Graham? I'm missing some. The Bills signed a, a big defensive tackle today. They just signed a safety. I, I feel like I should have like the Benny Hill thing behind me here, and I didn't even cover them all. NFL free agency is wild and some of the deals that some of these players are getting, particularly players that are injury prone like oh I don't know, Sammy Watkins is incredible. The cap goes up, teams got to fill needs, the draft can't do everything, you got to overpay. I can't get over Kirk Cousins. I really can't. And I'm going to get a text from somebody who always defends him, but 3 years 85 million fully guaranteed. I don't know who a Kirk Cousins agent is, but he is a wizard. I think that his Harry Potter is his agent, right? It's either that or it's Obi Wan Kenobi. You will give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. That's hot. We will give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract. These are not the droids you're looking for. Absolutely incredible. Here's something that else that's absolutely incredible. Let's give hockey some love here because a pretty uh, noteworthy thing happened in the National Hockey League. it towards the front of the goal that's off looking, Ovechkin drives it, and the diving Hellebuck rebounds. Score! Alex Ovechkin still going strong, overpowering at 600. Alex Ovechkin hit 600 goals last night, which is one of those, as much as he's accomplished in his career type of things. You got to take a step back and say, "Wow." And you got to say, wow, when you put it into this context, by the way. He did it faster than all but three players in the history of the National Hockey League. Just the fourth player in NHL history to do it under 1,000 games. Monday was the 990th game of Alex Ovechkin's career. Wayne Gretzky did it in 717 games. Mario Lemieux did it in 718. Brett Hull did it in 900. Those are the only other players to get there faster. Now, here's the difference between those three and Ovechkin. They played the bulk of their careers in what was a significantly higher scoring era. Ovechkin has played his entire career in what has been one of the lowest scoring eras in NHL history. Now, what will dog Ovechkin, and it's unfair in some ways because it is more of a team sport than any, and you can't really pin the continued failures of the Washington Capitals on him, but it's guilt by association, is the fact that the Capitals never amount to what they should be. Based on the rosters they've had, just even in the last decade, they should have three Stanley Cups without even blinking an eye. Every year's the year for the Capitals, and every year they find a way to come up short. Now, one of the big reasons why is the Penguins and Sidney Crosby. I have always been much more of an Alex Ovechkin guy. I think he's just a more exciting player. He's a pure scorer. I think he's he's sacrificed a lot and still manages to, to score at the rate that he does, and Sidney Crosby's... Sidney Crosby okay I I can't root for Sidney Crosby because who can I respect the game I respect the talent he's probably a better overall player but don't know he's Sidney Crosby I mean do I really need to explain that just take a moment to appreciate what Ovechkin has done in the era he's been how exciting a player he is and he could be if they don't win a cup which they should but you know you know (laughs) it's the Capitals he could be Ernie Banks. He could be just this amazing player that never wins a title. Now, Ernie Banks never even got there. You know, the playoffs were different back then. You, know, you went straight to the World Series, basically. Think of like an Andy Pettit who racked up a number of playoff wins. The playoffs expanded. Oh, he was great in the postseason. Kurt Schilling, great in the postseason, right? Ernie Banks. And I'm, I know I'm crossing sports here. I'm crossing the streams a little bit. Ovechkin's well, had plenty of opportunities in the postseason, given that the NHL playoffs are like six months long. He just never got there. But Ovechkin should not be tagged with that, the greatest to not win this. He's just the greatest. He's just one of the greatest of his era and certainly one of the greatest of all time. And last night That's just reminded us how darn great he was. Speaking of great, Tom Brady not only good at the football, apparently also good at chugging beer. When I was young. I just had the worst diet. Yeah. I think I've gotten older, it, the diet's improved a lot. So okay. there's things I eat much less or yep. harder. More, far less often now. Yeah, I'd say cheeseburger, pizza, beer, yeah. things like that. Do you, you don't drink beer? Rarely. Damn. <laughs> Colbert wow. just slapped a beer on the table. It's go time. I was pretty good beer chugger back in the day. You were a good beer chugger. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to chug a beer? <laughs> I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. Do you want to? Do you want to do this? Again, this is for Are we competing or are we just are we chugging? Is I don't know if you're a competitive guy. Let's <laughs> try. Okay, let's try. Yes. Somebody time it. Okay, how do we start this? Okay, so we we'll just click and yeah. go. Alright. Alright, okay. Can we spill? Can we spill? We can yeah. spill. All right. Ready? Oh. I left yeah. a little. That was good. That was. Tom Brady, ladies and gentlemen. Was that avocado beer? Like, what's the deal with that? If he's chugging beer, it had to be some sort of healthy. That was like, that was McUltra or something, right? And given that freakishly healthy diet that that he has, he probably just gained like three pounds. I got to say, I gave up uh, most alcohol and uh, not all sugar, but basically sweets for Lent. Turns out that makes a difference if you want to lose some pounds. I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you cut back on, you know, alcohol, carbs, and sugar, like, that's a good thing if you want to lose a few pounds. It's amazing. I'm not quite TB12 freakish level. Like, I'm not fond of avocado ice cream. I'm just, in some of the things that he eats, it's like, no, I want to eat something and taste it. But this just in, okay? Don't go spreading this around because then everybody will do it. But if you cut back on alcohol, carbs, and sugar... You lose a little weight. I know. I know. It's it's incredible. Now I need to do this when I'm not supposed to for the sake of, you know, a yearly ritual that bounds you by religious things to give up things for things. Just do it because it's good for you. <laughs> right. So when Tom Brady drank that beer last night, that was the first thing. I'm like, what kind of beer are we talking about here? Was that That's a Mick Ultra. It's got to be. Or was that like a heavy 200-calorie IPA kind of thing? Ah, Tom Brady Let us take a break on that note We will come back more on the Orange More on the tournament More on recruiting, we'll get a little spring football The Orange are off this week, but How spring football has gone so far Mike McAllister will bring us All of that information and more Coming up, more on March Madness, on the tournament The things you want to know Playing games start tonight, the Orange don't play till tomorrow night, but It's March Madness time, baby, we got more on it As we continue, stay right there back.